Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From 104.7 WHUPLP Hillsboro, this is She and Her. I'm Anita Rao. And I'm Sandra Davidson. Welcome back to She and Her. Anita, you know tonight is a very special night, don't you? I don't know why it is so special, Sandra. (laughs) Because this is our last show before the end of the year. That's true. It is our eighth show, and it is also Anita's birthday week, so. That is true. I'd like to take this moment to wish Anita a very happy (laughs) birthday and a most wonderful 27th year of her life. Thank you, Sandra. Very much appreciated. Well. So, as many of y'all know, music is a really important part of every episode of our show. After every live portion, we ask our guests to tell us what they're listening to and what music inspires them. And we do this because we believe that music tells a story about who we are and what we love. On today's show, we take that one step further and bring you a full episode about women in music. We'll talk later with Sarah Fuller, the lead singer from Seagulls, a rock band from Durham. But we start first with the story of Girls Rock NC, an organization that empowers girls and women through creative expression. So Girls Rock NC is a part of a national coalition of organizations that evolved from Riot Girl, a feminist punk rock movement of the early 1990s. Riot Girls used their music to address issues of patriarchy, queer identity, female empowerment, and gender equality. And Girls Rock camps continue in that tradition. They hold summer camps and year-round workshops that provide open spaces for gender non-conforming and trans youth and encourage girls to be creative and confident members of their community. We're joined first by Collier Reeves. Collier has been working with Girls Rock NC for five years and is currently the executive director of the organization. Collier, welcome to She and Her. Thanks for having me, y'all. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm really, really grateful to be here. Good. Share space with y'all. So we would love to start with you just giving us a bit of an overview about what Girls Rock is. Um, And we mentioned a sort of a brief history at the beginning, but Mm -hmm. any more about that that you'd want to elaborate? Yeah, I mean, Girls Rock is a a music empowerment program for women, girls, gender nonconforming, and trans youth. Um, We run mostly, like you were saying, um, week-long rock and roll camps for for folks. And we also have adult programs. We have after-school programs. The whole thing, you know, is about music and empowerment and creative collaboration and self-determination and uh, it's a pretty incredible and powerful program. So can you tell some of our listeners what a girls rock camp a week of camp is like? Oh yes yes Um, it's the best week of the year Um, so campers come and they pick instruments they form bands 
um, this is just a real short of it. They write original songs, um, and then they have a show at a local venue at the end of the week. Throughout the week, um, we have workshops like uh, body confidence, uh, self-defense, media literacy, um, uh, intersectional feminism. Uh, and how old are the campers? Our campers range in age from 7 to 16, and then we have teen mentors, 16 to 18, and then you know um, we also have adult programs, 18 and up. Okay. So, yeah. So those are big conversations to have with with young people and it's pretty it's pretty incredible. I mean, I can't say that I had those conversations. <laughs> I didn't either. I know. And I think like so many people that are involved with Girls Rock NC are just floored by that um, because those are things that we're working through and talking about as adults and discovering and and like pushing ourselves to learn more and um, and so to like be in a space where we can kind of like help curate and facilitate those conversations with young folks we're like gosh where was this when I was a kid you yeah. know and so like that's part of the reason that so much of um, that we all feel so like led to continue doing the work that we do with Girls Rock. So. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about the <coughs> role music has in Girls Rock? Well, yeah, I can actually. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, we were hoping you could. Yeah. Um, music at Girls Rock Camp is really a vehicle through which we like have our young folks come together and practice working together in a group, learning how to communicate. You know, if they learn an instrument, awesome. But, like, there is no idea of, like, what level they have to get to. You know, if it sounds cool to them, then then awesome. Like, we're, we're working really hard to undermine expertise. You know, like, so often um, folks of marginalized genders are, are like, told and, like, think that they have to fit this certain thing to be a musician. And, and like, um, as, a, as a person who has been playing music all their life, um, I've, like, had a hard time getting to a place where I've felt confident enough in my abilities to play out. And it's become, you know, it's taken me t- until being an adult and even working with Girls Rock to get to that point, you know, to have that supportive community. So, like, our biggest music is a really important vehicle for sharing those ideas and offering space for folks to grow um, individually and together. Yeah. Well, we want to talk more about that in a second, but we want to give people a sense of um, what some of these girls sound like. So we have a clip um, from one of the groups from this past summer of them performing at Motor Co. um, And y'all can hear a bit of uh, the girls rock sound.
So that is a clip from the Girls Rock NC band Silent Skies Sleepless Lullabies performing at Motor Co. in Durham this summer. So, Collier, can you tell us more about that group in particular, um, and, and are they representative of the Girls Rock sound? You know, every band is so unique and different. You know, like, the the youngest set will often sing about food or puppies, <laughs> um, and then the teenagers, like, really start digging into... Um, some real issues, you know, they they talk a lot about things that they experience in school, in life, sexism, racism, you know, like just the patriarchy in general. So in that way, yes, it is pretty representative of like the girls, girls rock sound if there is one. But, you know, each band is so different. We have campers that like write country songs and some that write punk songs and some that like rocks, you know, anthems like that, you know, spans the spans the interests the genre horizon yeah the genre the horizon thank interest. you yeah absolutely and well, <laughs> yeah. when you say words like so we've been saying words like patriarchy and capitalism <clears throat> mm-hmm. and as sandra said you know i think when i was seven or eight i i probably did not know what those mean how do you begin that conversation um and get people to start unpacking what yeah. these huge ideas might mean yeah that's a really great question um and that is also really um dependent upon um the age group and the just the the energy and the like a lot of our teenagers are already having these conversations so they come in to this space like ready to lead a workshop and and in that case we kind of like help facilitate them taking on that role um with the younger folks it's it's a different conversation um and i don't have a really solid answer for that right Mm now um but it, it is like um it's just it is so dependent upon it's very situational <laughs> sure yeah I'm, I'm like i'm like digging back right now i'm like how did we do that <laughs> um but it's it's a lot of planning um and um trying to um make ideas um accessible and digestible in a way of like we don't approach things in a super academic way we try to have like really ready um easy examples hmm. of like um what happened like what is the situation of sexism that you have experienced? You know, like um, a boy gets picked first for a, like a sports team or something, you know, like, sure. for, you know, and, and that's like thinking of, of, of younger folks. Um, uh, but, you know, it's just trying to make uh, relevant examples to where our kids are, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of an interesting testament because I'm sure for you it makes you reflect on how those types of things the patriarchy itself starts playing out that young yeah at that point in somebody's life yeah totally which is it's like it is so interesting to start having conversations like that with with um with young people especially like um like our 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 smallest gender non-conforming young people who you know are like this is the name that i want to go by this is the gender pronoun that like i want to use and it's like dude you know or something like that and you know and and we just like we make space available for them to explore that um and then just to talk you know hear about the things that they experience a lot of what they talk about is stuff that they experience in school because that's you know one of the biggest parts of their lives um right now and I forget that because it's not a part of my life um in um, except through them um but you know just to hear about like things that are accessible to them um, and things that aren't because they're because they're girls or they're like female socialized or you know so or the things that they think they can do and the way that they um, approach stuff um, 
because of those sure. reasons, you know. Sure. So, Well, tell us more about, I mean, some of our listeners may not understand what it might look like for there to be a gender nonconforming eight or nine-year-old or an eight or nine-year-old that identifies as trans. Can you tell us a bit about um, how you all intentionally create a safe space yeah. for those type of kids and sort of what you're seeing there? Yeah, yeah. Well, so um, we do we do a lot of different things um and number one we we're like we're like we're not school okay so um here at rock camp you we're all about self-determination and so from the get-go we make that very plain campers come in they get a blank name tag they get to put whatever name they want to be called um and uh their gender pronoun on there and we we talk about um pronouns and you know for our youngest set it's you know who knows what a pronoun is? And then, you know, we have some really, like, grammar fanatic <laughs> young people that are like, I do, and they want to tell us. Um, <laughs> and so we go through the whole thing of this is what a pronoun is, and guess what? You get to choose. And some people are like, okay, she, her, they, them, he, him. Um, and some people are like, kitty cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, like, and, and that's okay at Rock Camp. And what makes that okay is that we're building a culture around around self-determination um, and consent. And the, and, and the, the, one of the biggest things that we do to make that real and realized is that we um, do group agreements. And group agreements are basically the campers are making the rules. And we help, you know, um, uh, guide and facilitate that process. And, like, we'll throw in stuff like step up, step up, which is the idea of, like, if you're used to listening more, step up your speaking skills. If you're used to talking a lot, step up your listening skills. Stuff like be inclusive. Um, and we'll use like cute things like be a croissant, not a bagel, because croissants are open <laughs> and bagels are closed. Um, I can tell you that was not happening at 4-H camp. <laughs> well, so it wasn't happening Nothing, at so many you know, no, things. That, no like, shade on 4-H camp. Yeah, no, 4-H is bomb. But like, like, so, like all, so many places... You know, it's it's not about like setting the culture together. Like it's not about consent, you know, in that way. And so it's it's a it's about respect and respecting each other's identities and respecting each other's space and like the the campers bring stuff like listen, be brave, like try new things, like support each other. Stuff that's so huge and important, especially in a space where it's like inherently vulnerable to be in a group of brand new people where you're being asked to do something huge. Like learn an instrument, maybe you've never touched an instrument before, write a song together and then you're gonna perform it. You know, like that's that's huge. I think I need to go to Girls Rock Camp. I think you do too. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, so now we're going to invite Cameron Laws uh, onto the show and into the conversation with us now. Cameron is an artist and musician who volunteered with Girls Rock in C last summer. And as a side note, she's also the very same Cameron Laws who produced our theme music for our show. And Cameron, we'd love for you to talk a little bit about your experience at Girls Rock and how did you get involved and why? Well, actually, kind of a funny story is so I was working at this like pay the bills corporate job and I got laid off. And the day I got laid off, I had tickets with my boyfriend and our friends to Slater Kenny. And we went and there was a girls rock tent there, like right beside the line. And I saw it and kind of didn't think anything of it. 
And actually, my boyfriend was like, hey, one of them just came up to me, and they said that they need girls that rock, and, like, that's you. <laughs> and I told them you play guitar, and I'm just saying you're about to have a lot of free time. And so I kind of just – I and I'm the first person to be like, well, I don't really play guitar, but even though I do. See, but, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a strange thing. And – and so I just kind of went for it and said, okay, sure, I'll do five weeks of it. And, and it was awesome. And and actually even saying that I'm the first person that says I don't play guitar is even in that four weeks, that completely changed because it was like, I, yeah, I'm teaching people guitar. You have to know how to play guitar to teach guitar. Yeah. <laughs> so so it was really cool. It's it, We talk about the campers having these transformative experiences, but it's really not isolated to the campers. Mm-hmm. It's also the, yeah. the volunteers that have that yeah. as well. Well, tell us about that because Sandra mentioned, you know, she went to 4-H camp, and I know that y'all both grew up in a pretty rural area. Totally. What would it have been like for you to have had something like this growing up? Did you have anything at all similar? I've thought about that because, I mean, I'm really not exaggerating when I say I can't imagine what it would have been like to have this because even I, I think I got a guitar when, I don't know, I was 13 maybe, and but everyone I knew that played guitar – throughout my life is you know they were just really good and it was kind of intimidating and it so it was always like well I play guitar but I can't keep up with my friends that do (laughs) and but if I had been at Girls Rock as as a younger person and but you know been been made to do that and go through that and work through everything that comes with being in a band and then creating something together and then performing it on a real stage you know like we play at motorco and at kings and stuff like that i i really can't imagine what it would have done hmm. but but i love that even though i didn't have that in my childhood that we can give that to other people and that's really that's like the powerful thing about it for sure well and i can say after hearing you speak a little bit more about it call your where we grew up we didn't have after school programming or anything Mm -hmm. like that even asking us to consider you know how do we think about ourselves and our relationship to the world and that is super unique and it's it's just so wild that that isn't has never like it's 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 wild to me that that's a new concept to ask young people what they think Hmm. you know like it's just they're they're so smart they're so intuitive like and and we don't um you know just in um normative culture there's not space for for them to um own that you know that's crazy. Collier, you play music as well. Mm-hmm. What would it have been like for you? Or did you have something like Girls Rock when you were coming up? No, I mean, there wasn't anything like Girls Rock for me when I was coming up. Uh, I, you know, I, I played in a band in high school. Uh, it, it was an all-girl band, and that was awesome. Um, so it, so I had my own, like, small experience in that way that was really powerful. Um, but I still, you know, I still struggled through, like self-worth and adequacy um issues mm-hmm. around my musicianship you know it's taken you know honestly girls rock has been huge for me as far as like being able to own the fact that i am a musician mm-hmm. you know totally. i've been playing music for 20 years why do you think it is different for women in music oh gosh i just you know there's just not as much access um or space for women and you know and it's just like it's the it's the micro hits that you take it's like oh you play that or um are you the roadie or you're selling merch can I carry that for you you know it's like those little things that it's like just 
they make you so mad, but also at the same time, it's just like taking your legs out from you a little bit at mm-hmm. a time, you know? Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot, of, I think that there's a lot more reasons than just those that mm-hmm. um, it's it's hard for, for women and other like trans and gender non-conforming folks to have space in music um, I think, like, thinking also about young folks and them not necessarily having a voice or being asked what they think or feel, um, it's like, okay, young people are, sh- you know, kids are supposed to be quiet. And, like, women are supposed to fit in, in this role. And that's not necessarily on a stage playing, shredding a guitar, you mm. know, or something. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, and, and it's that there's even, like, the category of women in music, you know? Right. Yeah. It's yeah, like, what the what's the distinction? Band? It's just a band. I'm, yeah, right. like, I, w- I was in a record store in Savannah that I will not call out because they are a great store, but... And they had they had all you know genre 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 and then they had a row that was girl oh bands. My God. Wow! And and actually, Sam saw it and was like, "Check this out! Like, can you <laughs> wow. believe this place has this?" And I was like, "What is this about? Like, what? Who, what, since when is that a, a genre?" And and it wasn't even necessarily all girl bands. It would be like a girl lead singer. You know, like Blondie was in there. And wow. it, it was strange. Yeah, and in a really forward thinking kind of you know, independent record store that sure. you wouldn't expect that in. That's a subtle, not-so-subtle hit. Can say something that might be kind of, like, controversial to this conversation? Um, so this is, this is Sarah Fuller. Oh, she yeah. is um, <laughs> the guitarist and songwriter for um, the band Seagulls, and they're gonna, she's going to be joining us for some music and conversation Sorry. in a moment. But she's in the studio, and this is... But what do you have to say? This is something <laughs> that I think about, and I would like to hear y'all's opinion of it. With that thought in mind of um, women in music, and you're not into that, right? Nor am I. Um, when my band gets asked to do things that are all female shows, that's something that I generally want to steer clear of because I just want to be a band, just like you said, Collier. Like, we're not a girl band. We actually have a person who has a penis in our band. Um which I said that to somebody recently when they asked us to play a show two weeks ago. I said, but Duncan has a peen. <laughs> and joking, you know, because I'm, like, trying to figure this out and, like, trying to make light of it, you know. And, um, and even um, Daddy Issues, um, the first time that I ever conversed with them, they asked us to play a show. And now I'm great friends with all of them. Um, they wanted to have an all-female uh, show. And it was when Daddy Issues was first starting out and Seagulls was first starting out. And I just said, you know, I really appreciate the offer, but we just, no, we just don't want to do stuff like that. We just want to be a band and we don't want to be seen to be like this. Those are the shows that we play. We just want to be asked to play shows because we're a band, you know. And I understand that that might not be like the most popular um, thing for me to say in this conversation right now, but I just want to know what y'all think about that. Well, I I can totally understand that. And I guess my question to you is, as an individual, do you relate to some of what Collier and Cameron are talking about this notion like tell me about your journey to becoming a musician and did you feel were there particular parts about being a woman that made you make you feel like it took longer for you to get where you are there are parts of that but I don't think that that's like my entire journey nor do I think that 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 Collier or Cameron thinks that that's their entire journey um there have been like things that have been said to me or um the way 
that I started playing music um, might have been different. I totally realized that had I been a male. Um, but it is very hard at, for any human being to really be able to put that on a graph and say, this is because of this and this is because of that. Sure. You know, so these are things that I think about a lot. And um, I am very much um, in favor of, you know, um, the opportunities that Girls Rock affords to people. At the same time, um, I have like a, a inner conflict about I just want to be a band. Sure. I just want to be a musician. And I think that that's probably something that a lot of people think about. Yeah, I want to turn over to them in a second, but I... Sorry. I, no, 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 that's <laughs> great. No, no, no. And I mean, I think for me, I would hope that it would be a both and. You know, mm -hmm. it's that like, mm -hmm. because there are a lot of barriers for women entering the field, we need to intentionally cultivate spaces where mm -hmm. they can feel that freedom and they can feel that support. And we want women to be considered as just a band like anyone else, but because we're not there yet, in many ways we have to be intentional about illuminating what those barriers are. And I would say, I mean, that for us is sort of a driving reason why we're intentional about saying this is a show about women in music. So we want to talk specifically about how gender shapes women's experiences of being in music, which, yeah, it's not, it's definitely not your entire experience, mm -hmm. but in some ways it, it, it could inform how you enter and experience that world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you kind of, it's a double-edged sword because to sort of be an ambassador of saying there is no difference, etc., you have to acknowledge that there is a difference, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's like to, to get to that point, you have to acknowledge and then sort of prove why it's not the case, you know, which is, which is a, a thin line to walk for sure. Carly, do you have anything to add? I don't know. I'm like I'm not playing for anybody really except for for myself and my people, mm -hmm. you know? And like love for people to enjoy it, but it's not about them, you know? I also f really feel like um women should be respected for their musicianship and should not be like held to different standards as uh, from their male counterparts. That's bananas. Um, I also, just as like a um, queer person um, and female socialized person, like love to be in those spaces. You know, like I love shows where other queer identified folks are playing shows, where other women are playing shows. Like um, those feel like the most powerful to me because for me, music is like. Um, uh, just and and also me being who I am as like a gender queer um, musician, it just is like inherently political for me. So it's like screw it, I am just a band, you know. Like and you can interpret that however you want, but like the next step for me is just owning that. Mm -hmm. And I think I mean with anything, I guess there you, there's so many ways to slice it, right? Like your gender identity is one of many identities that intersect with yeah, many others. Absolutely, so yeah. you know we're slicing uh, to say you know what is it to look at gender and music, but there's also so many other things shaping your musical performance or how people see you as yeah. a band. Um, well, thank you guys so much. And Sarah, I'm so glad you jumped in on the conversation. Yeah. And I really appreciate you guys sharing your 
your experiences. And we are now going to turn to seagulls. Um, but before we close out, that was Collier Reeves and Cameron Laws, the executive director and a volunteer for Girls Rock. So we're going to um, play a little bit of transition music here. This is Boss Hog by Seagulls, and Sarah Fuller will be joining us in just a second. Stay tuned. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to She and Her. You just heard the song Boss Hog by the emerging rock band Seagulls. Seagulls came out with their nine-track debut album, You Can't See Me, earlier this year and is planning to release a new record this spring. And we're joined in the studio today by the band's guitarist and songwriter, Sarah Fuller, who you met earlier. Sarah, welcome to She and Her, officially. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, so we'd love to know a bit more about your story. We know you've been playing the guitar since you were a teenager, but mm-hmm. tell us a bit about how you came to play that instrument and why you chose a guitar. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, I started playing when I was 15. Um, I was really lucky. Um, I, I wanted to play forever and ever and ever. I grew up with my dad. My dad always played guitar. And I asked my dad, teach me how to play guitar. Teach me how to play guitar from the time I was really, really little. But my mom called me on my um, 15th birthday, and I was staying over at a friend's house. Um, and she said, meet us at Harry's Guitar Shop. You can pick out whatever guitar you want. And so I did that. And the school that I was going to at the time, I, was going to, I went to St. Mary's for one year when I was, a, I was a junior in high school. And they had private lessons. And, I mean, you can't get much better than that. <laughs> like, I mean, I was spoiled. You know, um, this teacher from Duke would come over. 
and um, I learned some classical guitar stuff, learned a lot of Beatles, and um, was super into Jewel then. And um, <laughs> pre-country <wanted> Jewel. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be just like Jewel, pieces of you, Jewel, and um, that's why I got a blue guitar. So you didn't start writing songs until much later. No, I didn't. Um, a funny story. Um, this sort of frenemy of mine, this woman who had dated a guy had cheated on me with, right? Um, their relationship ended and we were at a party. Uh, this woman and I were at a party and she said, Sarah, I know that you play guitar. Um, we should play music together sometime. She had a great voice. And I uh, said, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, that's going to happen. A few nights later, I went home, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to show her. Mm-hmm. I, can write a, I can write a good song. <laughs> and so I wrote You Can't See Me, which is the single on our, um, on our uh, EP. And then, um, and then I just started writing songs from there. Well, we have You Can't See Me, so let's play it now <laughs> so that people get a sense of... Um, what was going through your head at that time. (laughs) So here's You Can't See Me um, from the Seagulls EP. by the band Seagulls, and we're joined in studio by the band's guitarist and songwriter, Sarah Fuller. So we've obviously been having a conversation about um, gender and so many other um, identity markers, and I know Collier mentioned that music was a political act for her. Do you see uh, your music as a political act or as a feminist act? Do you identify as a feminist? Um, I'm curious about sort of the intersection between your music and maybe other... um, things you believe in other yeah I absolutely identify as a feminist I minored in women's studies when I was in college um and um we don't necessarily um write specifically about um feminism in our songs I do write a lot about um uh gaining an upper hand on a situation um uh and that can be interpreted in many different ways. Um, a lot of times uh, when I'm writing about those things, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not really 
uh, one of the new songs that we have is called It Goes Like This, and it's just about people trying to tell you that there's one way to do something. And um, you're saying in the song, no, actually, it goes like this. And whether or not that's men or women telling me that it goes this certain way, you know. Um, but uh, my feminism... Um, I don't directly try to channel into um, my music, but I imagine some of that comes through anyway just because I am the person that I am. Mm -hmm. So that song that you just mentioned is off your forthcoming album. Yeah, Tell we've us been more recording. About that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been recording um, the past couple of weekends. Um, uh, and uh, we'll probably, I think we're going to have like seven songs. That's, that might be what we come out with. It's been a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a really fun group of songs. It's a little bit more weirdo than uh, the stuff that we've done so far, but I'm really excited. I don't know what we're going to call it. Y'all should um, give me ideas. <laughs> <laughs> we we will solicit them from our listeners. Um, and when can people look for that? It can be that? anything. It doesn't have to mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> When can people expect that one to come out? I think uh, sometime in the spring. Okay. Great. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have for tonight. Sarah Fuller, thank you so much for joining us. And that is our show for tonight. Um, you can find the playlist of everything that we played on tonight's show and all of the Seagulls music at our website, sheandherradio.com, or our playlist on Spotify, She Plus Her. And all our episodes are available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please go listen. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your cousins, because I know you're going to see all of them over the holidays. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And we are taking it off the next two weeks to spend time with our loved ones and get refreshed and rejuvenated. We already have a lot of great shows lined up for y'all in 2016. We can't wait to be back. Yeah, thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks so much. Good night. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.